0: How are we doing, folks? Welcome to another episode of Yogi Dave's Hobby Podcast. Uh, This is podcast number six, so we're about a month and a bit in. Um, If you're new to the podcast, this podcast is about uh, gaming, so tabletop gaming specifically. Board games, RPGs, and um, board gaming. So I might at some point have somebody on about tabletop card gaming, but um, and maybe even someday about board and um, computer gaming, uh, but at the moment it's just the stuff that I do. Um, so today um, I'm going to talk a little bit about board gaming. Um, the last couple of episodes have been kind of tight, where uh, they've, had, uh, an over, um, uh, they've had an over they've had an over overarching theme. Um, so obviously the last one was the polyominoes. the previous one was RPGs, and today is going to be board games. Um, I'll, I'll probably talk about other stuff as well, but, you know, um, so I originally started board gaming, you know, um, like miniature board gaming and the non-mainstream board gaming, um, when I was about five, and my dad introduced me to Blood Bowl, um, but, you know, properly, I started when I got Hero Quest. Um, and my older brother got Space Crusade. Now, my copy of Sp- Hero Quest still survives to this day, um, it's actually at my parents'. Um, whereas my older brother's version of Space Crusade has been, you know, divvied up and pretty much is in bits and different armies across mine and my younger brother's um, collections, I believe. Um, but, you know, Obviously, my early introduction to, you know, miniature board gaming was um, Games Workshop based um, and, you know, that continued for a while, Um, obviously Advanced Hero Quest and Battle Masters and, you know, um, I had um, Doom and the Elder, the board game series that they released in the noughties, I think was either early noughties, late two thousands, or not early noughties, late nineties even. Um, um, you know that was like a traditional counter board game. Um, very much. Uh, I'm trying. To, I actually haven't played it in a while. Um, it's still sitting in my parents' house. Um, I could actually get it and play it at some point. But it's like uh, I can't remember which which Hive World or Hive not Hive World. Hive Fleet it was for the Tyrannids attacking one of the craft worlds. Again, which craft world it was, I can't remember. Um but um yeah, I mean that was good fun. I, my younger brother and my older brother didn't seem to like it. I'm not sure my dad liked it. Uh, my dad's a big elder friend. My younger brother. Tynanid you know, my dad's an elder player my younger brother Tynanid player, and I don't like either of them actually liked it very much, but I quite enjoyed it. Um in my teens and my about well, my late teens and my my early twenties and yeah, actually in my mid 20, my late twenties and in my early thirties, I wasn't really a big board gamer. It's only in the last four or so years I've started getting back into board games. So, that was thanks to Kickstarter. Um, the first Kickstarter I got... Well, well, first Kickstarter I hanged was Conan. Um, the first Kickstarter I actually got was uh, Zombieside Black Plague. And then I got Kona. Um And then I got um, Mass of Darkness. Now, these are all miniature board, um, board games. There are many, 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 many different types of board games. Um, but, obviously, m- my major board gaming... As it comes to hobby board gaming, more than mainstream board gaming, um, was very much a a miniature board gaming um, experience, mostly because I'm a miniature board gamer. When I do RPGs, mostly we use miniatures, Um, so it's not, you know, that's not a a huge, you know. change of how I do things, um, how I play games, whereas more recently um, there's been more of a, a move towards what you would think more of a board game, um, the likes of Pandemic and Munchkin and Turo and Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it cooperative because I quite enjoy the cooperative side of games um, and that's why I've enjoyed Hero Quest why I enjoyed, well actually Space Crusade was more um, adversarial than um, cooperative Hero Quest was more cooperative um, obviously you've all, you know in those games you have a mission that you've got to fulfil but I'm pretty sure you know, each spaceman in chapter was, they would not fight each other but they were, you know they were running against the clock with each other to complete this mission. Um, obviously, um, Mass of Darkness, and Conan and um, <clears throat> Zombie Side are very, very cooperative because you know if you don't cooperate, then you're going to die. Essentially, um, or the mission's not going to succeed, um, or the adventure, whatever it is. Um, but you know. Also, there have been a few, you know, non-cooperative games, um, the likes of Catan. Um, Also, um, I know, strictly speaking, Star Fox and Tiny Epic Galaxies aren't board games, but when when I talk about board gaming, I talk about these kinds of games because when I've watched Tabletop, uh, the um, TV show, uh, I have I've associated them all as board games, even if they're not truly board games, they're dice games or they're, you know, card games or stuff like that. To me it's a board game. It's not a card game. Um it's like um I suppose Battlemasters isn't really a board game, it's more of a war game because even though it's you know, it's hex maps, um same as Battletech, you know, for me isn't really a board game, it's a war game even though it's got maps, um, I, I see like <sighs> the difference whereas when I talk about Stafflox, I talk about any Epic Galaxies, I talk about Code Wars um, I talk about um, Cards Against Humanity I, I, I put these all in as board games because you know, that's the way I think of them um, I know a lot of people won't think of them that way. Obviously, every. You know, t- Tiny Epic Galaxies is kind of a board game, but it's also a card game. It's kind of a mix. Um, it's kind of a resource building game. Um, you know, Star Flux is the card game to many people. Um, you know, uh, so is Cards Against Humanity. Um, so is Code Words. Um, but. You know, when when I look at it, I think, well, you play them on a board. Don't play them on a don't play them on a battlefield. You you're not like card gaming as such. You aren't doing. When I when I think of card games, I think of your Magic the Gathering. I think um, Star Realms. I think um, Keyforge. That kind of thing. Um, Collectible card games, or I know Key Forge and Star Realms aren't really collectible card games. They're more deck-building games. Um, That's how I think... A game that's more of a deck-building game to me is a card game. It's not... It's not like Quote It's not like, you know, Cards Against Humanity. Um, You're not deck-building when you're playing Star Flux. That's... What I think... In my brain, obviously my brain's a bit of a weird place to live, but that that is what I feel different about them, and that's why I lump them in to the cut the board game kind of um, category. So um, what I was looking for, I was like, oh, my brain. You will get used to my brain kind of having fat brain fart moments and stop working for a little bit. Um, so essentially, you obviously. And I know they're not really board games, but that's how I see them. So, obviously, with board games, you know, there's different types of board games. You know, there's there's even set categories. So, you know, obviously, you've got chess variants, um, you've got cooperative games, you've got deduction games, you know, economic simulation games, like. Monopoly Um, you've got German style board games like Catan and Carcassonne I think that's how you say it Um, you know, you've got hidden role games like The Resistance Um, you know, you've got multiplayer games like Risk and Monopoly Painter pencil games like Tic Tac Toe or Dots and Boxes and stuff like that Obviously, you know... Tile-based games... Car- like Carcassonne is a tile-based game... But it's like a German-style board game... Uh, at the same time... Um, you know... You've got many, many different types of... Board gaming... Um, but... You know... It all depends on... You know... The, the type of way you want to play a game... Depends on what game you're going to enjoy... Obviously you know, you get um, resource games you know, like um, <sighs> the, the games that you need to you know, build up resources to I mean, it's obviously Catan's that kind of game but there's other different vari- variants of the, that type of game you know, you build up um, resources in order to Build this, get that and help you win the game Um, obviously there is you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of board games out there so when you're first starting out um, getting board games it's maybe a wee bit daunting, you go into your local game shop your friendly local game shop hopefully it's friendly anyway um, excuse me, I'm take a break. And, you know, there's hundreds of games there. I mean, I know when I walk into um, Static Games in Glasgow, and there's a whole wall that is as long, if not longer, than my living room and my kitchen combined. Which, granted, they aren't that big, but it's probably actually twice the size of my um, living room. As my living room is a bit um, twelve foot wide, um, so or twelve, 12 foot long, um, so it's probably at least twenty-four foot long. Um, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but not by much. And I'm pretty sure there are more board games in other parts of the um, the shop, so it can be a bit bit daunting when you go into that shop and there's all these games, and you're like, "Oh, where does that start from here?" the best thing I did when I was thinking about getting into board games was watching tabletop it's also the worst thing I ever did because frankly um, I spend or I want to spend way too much money Um, uh, I've got a list on Amazon of stuff like a wish list of stuff not that I'm going to buy it all off Amazon in fact I will do my best to buy none of it off Amazon because I hate Amazon Um, with a bloody passion Um, but it's a good place to have that list Um, I buy as little as I can off Amazon I used to work for them so I have good reason but we'll not get into that Um, what I thought, what I found was and this is for everything gaming wise, going on the internet going on to YouTube even if you go on Twitch Um, I know there's a lot of stuff you need to subscribe to to be able to see it, but um, going on to Twitch, going on to YouTube, looking at board games, looking at anything you want to get into, um, looking for that particular game and going, right, okay, so, they've got this. Um, And um, I can maybe... Look at this and see how the game's played, um, and that you know that's important. I mean, that's that's probably why every type of game has seen uh, a massive upsurge and play because of stuff like tabletop, but also it, you know, everything that comes off YouTube to come with gaming. Um, as long as it's positive, um, all the negative stuff no fun don't want to see it. I see it all the time. It's like, oh, reviews of this and that and the next thing. It's like, Jesus, man. Really? If you want to be like that, be like that. But, you know, I'm honestly going to tell you this, right? If somebody sent me a review or stuff to review or a game review or something like that and I didn't like it, I am very unlikely that I'm actually going to put a review up. I'm just going to send it back to them because I don't want to be that person. I'm honestly, like if you really want me to put a review up, I will put a review up, but it's not going to be a good one. Um, i played games where I honestly didn't enjoy them, um, but I'm not going to tell you which ones it is, because that's up to you. It's not up to me. Everyone's personal preference is different. Um, And, you know, there's no point in me telling you, yeah, it's great, no, it's not, or, you know, if it's badly worded, or, I didn't enjoy it. That I mean, that's the thing. If I didn't enjoy it, I didn't enjoy it. And my, my reasons for not enjoying it are not going to be the same as other people's reasons for not enjoying it. But if a product is truly bad, I'm going to tell you about it. If somebody's like, "Oh no, I want you to review it," thing okay. But I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that review. Um. But that's that's beside the point entirely. I'm getting off on one again. Um. But yeah. You Tabletop's a really good one to start out with because obviously you can get it all on YouTube um, so you just type in Tabletop while waiting brings it all up um, I think it's even in a, a handy list from episode 1 to the last episode um, I can't remember the last episode number but you know you watch it and you're like right okay interesting mm mm-hmm. mhm and and you watch every episode and you decide right. I want to play that. 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 Don't want to play that. Don't want to play that. I, I don't think that's kind of my thing. Um, or I don't think that'll be interesting. Star Realms for interest for um sake of talking. Not anything that I'm interested in because it's a deck building game. I don't enjoy deck building games. I've tried, um, there was one that came with a game that I played, a, a computer game, um, I didn't enjoy it, um, there was like three or four packs um, of this like particular game, um, obviously it was linked to the, the computer game, but I mean I enjoyed the computer game, I remember enjoying it not very much, but um, I don't remember ever enjoying the deck game, building game. Um, I didn't enjoy Magic the Gathering, I know loads of people love Magic the Gathering, but I didn't. Um, and I know these days, in order to get good at Magic the Gathering, you have to, or be good at Magic the Gathering, you have to have all the cool stuff. Um, and be really good at deck building and all this, that kind of stuff. And that's, it doesn't interest me in the slightest. Um, also, like Keyforge. My younger brother and my pals, you know, right at the club. they or a number of people I know play Keyforge. But to be honest with you, I'd try it, but I'm not really sure if I'll enjoy it. It, I mean, I know t Forge is very different than every single deck that you buy is that deck. Every card in that deck is that deck. You can't you know, just go out and add more cards to it and take away the crap cards and all this, that kind of stuff. That is your deck. If you're going to use that deck, that is what you use. That's fair enough. That's a completely different side to thing. That's, That's finding a good deck but also that's spending a lot of money to find the good decks or find decks that are reasonable that are going to be good against a lot of other decks Um, but you know my wee brother enjoys it you know that's cool my mate enjoys it the other people that I know that I've played that enjoy it it's just not my thing I know I play Starflux I've done a Unboxing, um, and I'm going to do a playthrough at some point. But it's just not my thing. And yeah, I will probably try it at some point. But I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm, but I'm not going in with preconceived notions of I'm not going to like it. I'm going with I might like it, I might not. But you know, we'll see. Um. But yeah, I mean, going into um watching stuff on YouTube. Um it's good. Um having people that you know that have board games, I mean one of the guys in the Focal Club Alistair he's got quite a number of board games we've played them. So um uh, Xander and Sam, another two guys that play. Um, there's there's loads of guys that play different board games at the club as well. Um if I wanted to sit in and try one out, you know I'd I could. Um, that's a really good way to... ...find out what you like. As a half actual... ...experience of playing games. Now I know it's not easy for everyone. I know... ...not everyone can get to a club or a shop or... ...whatever to play games that often. But... ...you know... ...if you can, do it. It's... ...it's more important... ...that if you're going to pick up some games... ...that you want to play... You have a little bit of experience of playing that kind of game, even if it's not that exact game. So, you know, playing a miniature board game that's quite similar to the one that you might want to buy, because miniature board games are quite expensive. I mean, I think um, Conan is £80 or something like that, um, re- recommended retail price. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, Zombie Side and uh, Massive Darkness are only cheap. Um, because they've got a lot of miniatures on them um, I know the expansions aren't cheap I got mine for very very cheap because I got the kickstarters but you know even then they weren't that cheap you know what I mean um, I did the same for um, Walking Dead I got a lot of stuff but still wasn't cheap um, so you've got, to, you've got to weigh in what you're going to be paying to buy this board game um, you because know, even non miniature board game board games um are quite expensive too for what you get in them, you know for what you're getting. Um you know, I think Elder Sign was thirty five quid or forty quid. It wasn't cheap, you know. You're not looking at a cheap, cheap, cheap hobby. That's the thing about all gaming whether it be board games, whether it be war games, whether it be RPGs, it is not a cheap hobby. You've got to get that into your head. You're not going to go in and get loads and loads of lo- loads of cheap stuff. I mean, you might get it off eBay, but I doubt it. Um, even its cheapest, the cheapest squad of Space Marines I've ever bought was a tenner on eBay. And that's still a pound of figure. That's still not cheap. Really. And it's cheap for games to watch out figures but it's not cheap. Um especially when you get stripped them and repay them. Um but I am getting away for things there. Um yeah, so do your research. See if you can um try out the games that you want to buy or go to a club um and maybe find players that play board games and play games with them. So maybe you don't have to go out and buy those board games because they've got them. Maybe you might want to eventually get some yourself, so you can host people at your house and play play the games there. Um, You know, that's entirely up to you. And um, but before you go and put out some money, do your investigating. Figure out if you're going to enjoy that game. I was going to say job there. Figure out if you're going to enjoy that game, and um, figure out if it's something that you're going to play a lot, because there might be a bit of an investment. There might a bit be a bit of money that you know if you're not playing it a lot, it's going to feel like oh I've spent all this money, I'm not getting to play it. Believe me, I've been there, um, and board gaming and war gaming and everything. I I do. It's like I've spent all this money. I don't get to use it. I really, I'm really not happy with it. And that makes you want to not play. Makes you want to not um, do what you should be doing. You know, you should be playing. You should be enjoying yourself when you're gaming. Um, But I think for board gaming. And me talking about it right now, that that's a bit rough. Um, I know I was talking about doing, like, this is a themed episode, but I decided that uh, I'm not going to do that. Um, I think interspersing the themed episodes with, you know, other kinds of episodes uh, is more important than, like, I know having a kind of coherent message and that kind of thing is kind of important sometimes but this is gaming, it's not not about the coherent message Um, so um, I'm thinking about doing Deathwing the Fantasy Flight RPG um, for our next or my next DMing at the Falkirk Club Now, I'm thinking about it because I like the idea of having like that small group because it's only going to be five of, you, five of the players. Um, it's either that or um, was the Chaos version of it? Um, whatever the name of that one is. I can never forget that one. It's either Horus Heresy or something like that. Um, but, you know, it'll be in the 40k universe and obviously me having been a 40k player since Rogue Trader I've seen many incarnations and many changes Death Watch wasn't even a bloody thing when I started playing. Um, Death Watch wasn't even a thing when I'm think It wasn't until midway through second edition, or it was even third edition. Death Wing appeared. I can't remember, but Death Wing, Death Watch. I keep on to Death Wing rather than Death Watch. Um, I don't know why. It's it's like Death Wing of Dark Angels, and I hate the Dark Angels. I hate it's a strong one, but you know, um. I dislike the Dark Angels, because they're heretics and traitors and scum and that kind of thing. Um, That's me, the space wolf player talking. But, you know, I want that small group. I don't want, you know, our Dark Heresy group was like 10 strong, and everyone was a specialist in something, so there was no deficiencies in the group. Um, which I think is important in an RPG um, team, or group, whatever you're doing, um, because you don't have that particular, you know, specialists in, you know, maybe healing, or magic or whatever it is in the group and you're like, well <laughs> what the hell are we gonna do with this? Um, what how are we gonna deal with this? Um, and that I think comes down to you know the GM as much as it comes down to the players. It's the GM putting them in situations where, you know, there's a solution. It might not be the most obvious solution, but there is a solution there. You can't this is the thing what drives me crazy about some DMs, it's um, or GMs, whatever, whatever particular set of rules that you're using, um, in that they go out of their way to put their players in a position where they could die and there's very little chance of them surviving. You have to give them a 50-50 chance of surviving. Uh, or, you know, put them in, put, stop putting them in positions of you know, absolute peril. I mean, obviously, if you know, honest, obviously they've stumbled upon on some Uber being, and you know, they want to fight them. You have to like knock them out um, and make sure they don't die. The only way you let them die is if it's by their own st- stupidity um, or the the hellish dice rolls that can happen during a game. That's I mean there should always be peril, but it shouldn't be you constantly putting them in peril. I think that's a very, very bad way to GM. And, you know, I know, you know, I'm saying it's a bad way to GM. Everyone's allowed to do their, their own thing their own way, but I think it's I think it's better for the players I think it's better for the players to know that, you know, yeah, there's there's some healthy peril that their characters can be in. I mean I'll be honest with you, in Dark Heresy, um, I failed to get very many insanity points and very little corruption. I don't think I have any corruption, actually, come to think of it. Um, even though, you know, we played the campaign over a year and a bit um, and were exposed to shitloads of chaos. I still never picked up in very many insanity points. I, I didn't pick him up enough insanity points to get me to the the first insanity threshold. I definitely didn't pick him up enough corruption points for that either. Um, but you know, if I had picked up corruption points, obviously it would have, since I was playing on Deidara and he was very much a servant of the Emperor. Um, he would have had to purify himself and all the rest that kind of stuff because you know if you know the 40 universe or you know I Arbites and people like them are very 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 um devoted to the emperor and the imperial creed and the imperial cause um so you know that that would have been an interesting side to what would happen but obviously because you know there were so many of us and so many things happened and um, there was very little um danger in him getting corrupted because there was other people to corrupt um in front of him or getting sanity my insanity rolls were absolutely pretty decent and it was weird because my dice rolling most times is not that great but sometimes it's fucking amazing Um you know that would have been interesting how would they purify himself how would they get rid of the corruption how would they do this how would they do that but that never came up um, which I think was a, a major factor and that was the size of the group um but I would really like to DM or GM I can never get my head around the difference. I know Games Master, Dungeon Master and Dungeon Master is like a trademark from, you know, Wizard of the Coast, TSR, whatever. Um, but I use it as a um, real, really in- interchangeably. Um, you know, I really want to GM a game <coughs> where, you know, there is that peril. You know, the space marines, for God's sake. The only reason that they get put in a position like that is in any, any position. The only time they... <laughs> they fight at all is when the Imperial Guard are not up to you know, the rest of the Imperium, you know the, the fighting arms of the Imperium are not up to the job that needs done and especially with the Death Watch being the uh, you know, the, the chamber militant of the Ordo Xenos obviously it's going to be something really 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 fucked up that's happened that, well not that anything that the Imperial does, it always fucked up, it isn't fucked up, but um, you know, obviously the situation would be at its direst, that or most dire, however you want to say it, um, that an Ordozenos Inquisitor has called in the Death Watch or a, you know, a kill team of the Death Watch, is, it's no small matter to call them in. So, any situation that they're going to be involved, there should be an incredible amount of peril um, that they have to deal with. Um, uh, the Death Watch Kill Team box set was, I can't remember the size of the Kill Team, but it wasn't it wasn't more than 10 models against you know, a shed load of jeans that are cultists. Um, so, you know, think about it. The Death Watch, they're, they've been called in to deal with a situation that Really is quite dangerous. I think there should always be that, you know, peril that they could be in, but also at the same time, there's ways out of it. You know, if it's a situation that none of them are really trained in, you should have a way of getting them out of that situation. They have to think about it, they have to role play it, they have to, you know, they have to get. You have to grasp that themselves, but you push them in that direction. And if they don't go in that direction, well, they're fucked. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. But, you know, try and make sure that <laughs> in the first couple of games you don't get them killed. Um, because I have been in groups where, you know, it is the game's master's overriding, you know, want in life to kill off all of the characters. It's crazy, you know. You're the guy that's meant to make sure everyone else is having fun. You know, everyone's having fun. You're meant to have fun too, but you're meant to have control, but also have a sense of right. This character is like this, so this will how this is this will be good for them, or. To all the characters of the deficiency here, so you know maybe we can look at this and see if they can do it this way. If they can't, then you know we obviously have to go down this road. You know, but you've got to make sure that it's fun. You can't, and I, I can't see it more than I uh, bloody hate it when I read stuff and it's like, oh, ah, oh, I killed off ex character today. You know, it was great. You know, it's like nope, 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 nope. That's not good. You, you, you just—it makes people not want to play a game. Yeah again. That's what I think, honestly. I try not to kill people off, um, if I possibly can. I might make it look like I'm trying to kill them off at times, but I'm not. Um. So essentially, I've given myself about a year. I think, to put together an idea for either doing a Death Watch campaign or doing the Chaos campaign. Um, I know the Chaos campaign uh, is a little bit different, uh, no, the Chaos set of rules. Um, it's not just, it's not a Chaos campaign. It's not like if you're doing, you know, um Dungeons and Dragons and you're doing an evil campaign or you're doing a neutral campaign where everyone's neutral everyone's evil it's a a different set of rules you know you've got um, several different sets of rules in the 40k RPG line Um, and the Chaos one is an entirely um, separate rule book you know it's got it's own scenarios and what have you I believe I haven't actually looked into it that much Um, but you know, it's it is a separate set of rules. You know, Death Watch is a separate rules, is a separate rules, Dark Heresy, War. You know, these are all their own set of rules. But it's also what I'm looking at is looking at a set of rules which everyone has played before, or mostly everyone has played before. Um, so it's not going to be a big mass of right. You know, this is a new entirely new system for you to get a grasp of. Now, obviously, right now, we've been doing a lot of D20, 2D20 set rules. So, Star Trek, and then we're doing Mutant Chronicles and um, Infinity. Oof, I couldn't even remember the game that I was playing there. Um, but, you know, obviously, we're using that system right now. But I think it's a bit of a palate cleanser um, after about a year. and a, It'll be about a two-year between one set of rules and the other because I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait until this round like the Infinity Mutant Chronicles round is done and then run this campaign um, so it's a bit of a palate cleanser because everyone's going to be I've been doing 2d20 games um, and it'll be nice to get out of that uh, particular vein of gaming um, though I also want to run <laughs> this is the thing I want to run from my house or, or maybe from my house Star Trek and have it a continuous thing I don't want it to be just like we'll do this one campaign and then once it's done we'll maybe go back to those characters I want it to continue on and, and from the house um, still have the same DM um, GM, I'll still um, come in and you know, continue that crew um, for the players that are in it just now because um, I think that that That's something we haven't really done. We haven't really gone back to old characters uh, or continued on after that particular set of adventures has gone on. Um, And I think it would be interesting to keep it going. Um, But obviously right now I'm working on the Death Watch. I'm also looking at doing... um, There's actually one of the people I follow on... Twitter. Um uh, Misty Vander is her name. Oh, it's at Misty Vander um on Twitter. Um she is doing a long term fifth edition um, campaign. Well, she's wanting to set one up and Kind crying, crying, the Dragonlance uh, world. Obviously if you've read the Dragonlance Chronicles, um, the War of the Atl- which is the War of the Lance, uh, you know, the War of Souls and all the rest of that kind of stuff, you'll know the setting quite well, and I love that I love the setting um, Misty Vander is um, hard of hearing, or deaf um, so I'm, I'm not sure whether she's hard of hearing or, de- or deaf, um, which is shocking because I follow her on, on Twitter, but you know she obviously has problems with what, is, what, what uh, helps a lot of the community now, the gaming community now, being able to connect with people online um, because obviously she can't hear, so she can't use you know video chat or anything like that um, in order to do campaigns. So she's doing old style, you know, play by post, that, that's what she wants to do, or, or she's trying to do. What I think she would really love to do is to be able to do like face to face stuff, obviously, because you know, but with a deaf. Gaming community or a hardly hidden community, and um, which I think is absolutely amazing. I think that would be, you know, an absolutely amazing thing to do. Um, so follow at follow at Misty Vander. So it's um at Capital M Y S T Y Capital V E N D E R. You know, um, obviously, um, I would love to have somebody like that on the podcast. You know, because. You know, this this is a person who isn't letting she calls it a disability, so I'm gonna call it a disability get in the way of her gaming. She's she's not letting it do it. It's not she's not letting it happen. She's she's doing her thing and she wants to continue to do her thing and that's awesome. You know, um, if any of you know, um, I have dyspraxia which a lot of people don't term as a disability, but to be honest with you it's, it's, a, it's a learning disorder. Um, people think it's only a childhood learning disorder. I have had issues with it from day, day one of school, pretty much. Um, I have terrible handwriting. I walk into doors. I get injured quite often um, because of it. I have terrible coordination, which, you know, for somebody who used to do kickboxing and wrestling and jiu-jitsu and stuff like that, it's like, what, really? Yes, I did. I still do something that I continue to deal with it's not something that is obvious and it's not something that you know is stops me from doing things but at the same time it has given me long term um, anxiety issues, depression issues you know lots and lots and lots of things that I am more susceptible to anxiety and depression and lots of other things um, because of it Um it gives me problems at work because obviously my short term memory is atrocious you know, there's various things that it hinders me but I don't let it do it Um, or it would hinder me but I don't let it do it, sometimes I do let it do it I mean, I've had bouts of depression of recent because obviously I'm unemployed at the moment Um, but, you know gaming helps me I don't put it on other people that all right. We need to game because I need to, you know, I need to not feel sad or not feel depressed or not have this or that or the next thing. I use it to help me, but I don't put it on other people. That are oh, it's my my way of dealing with this. It's my way, way I of dealing with that. But you know, it's good for you know when I see somebody who. Let's be honest. Has a much more serious um, issue than I do because she can't hear, or she has had the hearing. Um, you know, she's not letting it get in her way. You know, she's not letting it get in her way of her gaming or what she wants to do, or what she needs to do. So, you know, I think that's that's a really good thing, um, and you know. I'm going to. I'll talk about people that I've met on Twitter all the time. Um, They're real cool. Um, you know, if you go, my Twitter handle is something ridiculous. So I can't. It's uh, at David Mu five um, zero one five three nine five two. I will not repeat it. You can find the link to my Twitter on the web the website uh, or the uh, podcast site. Um, But, you know, there's loads of people on my Twitter that I follow. I follow 646 people at this present moment in time. Um, And, you know, I follow them for good reasons. Well, most of them. Um, One of them was just like a list of people that um, somebody added me to. And I thought, well, you know, there's people on here that I know. I'm following already, so I'll follow the, the whole list because you know that that's the kind of crazy person I am. It's like, well, if there's loads of gaming here, then that'll be cool. You know, loads of people that are involved in gaming. Um, that kind of is like, you know, yeah, the more gaming in my feed, the better, and the more varied, the better as well. Um. A lot of it is games workshop related, but you know, but those computer games and all oh, D and D and loads of different opening games. So, you know, I always like to have that kind of variant gaming um, stuff because you know, I can't get enough gaming, enough gaming related stuff at all. Um. Well, next was I going to talk about... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something that come up with, with me um, recently is my phone being in my hand all the time. Um, it is important if you are podcasting, you are doing YouTube channel, you know, all that kind of stuff, that you have a social media um, presence that you're always keeping on top of it. But... Uh, what I have discovered is my phone is constantly in my hand I mean constantly in the last month or so, two months probably longer um, but this this is to do with the depression and the insularness that sometimes I get into when I'm in the position that I'm in um, I have been unemployed before so I do, I do kind of have a pattern that I need break but I get very insular and I do you know go online and all this that kind of stuff and try and um, put myself in positions where I don't need to talk to people uh, or don't need to deal with people unless obviously I'm gaming um I'm gonna say this crazy as it may sound um because I'm talking because I, I, it's been pointed out to me now. Um, I, need, I, I need to talk about it. Um, I'm not going to say point it out, but you know, it, it was a position that I didn't really like feeling I was in, um, and didn't like what I was doing to the relationship with the person. Um, so um, I spent four hours maybe yesterday without my phone in my hand. Um, I put it on charge, put on another room, and. Didn't have it on me. That is important. Spend some time without your damn phone. Spend your time talking to people. You know, talk to people about your issues. You know, don't not talk to the people that are most important in your life. Because if you do, you might lose them. You might stop talking to you. And that's never good. Um, uh, if anything, this particular situation has taught me that when that person is around I need to spend less time on the phone. Um, So, as I said, 4 hours no phone uh, yesterday which was quite an achievement because normally it's in my pocket or in my hand 90% of the time. Um, So, yeah. Try not to be that person. I, I honestly... Um, did not get a smartphone until about five years ago um, because I didn't want to become that person um, and I can see myself becoming that person because you can get quite um, addicted to it um, I have had my phone in my hand about two dozen times while I've been um, talking on this podcast because I've been checking Twitter I've been checking Instagram I've been checking Facebook you know um, you know, I, I swore to myself when I got a smartphone that I would never become the person that I'm starting to become. Um, so, you know, the person that was telling me this, you know, obviously they've told me a number of times that, you know, you spend a lot of time on your phone. You know, when you're about, you're not that, you know, engaged and all this that kind of stuff. And I don't mean to be. I honestly don't. It's just I have become that person and I need to get myself out of that habit, um, so what I've decided is, um, maybe once a week I'm going to have a day where what people can get, get in contact with me, but um, I will not be engaging with my Twitter and my Facebook and my Instagram and all this, that kind of stuff, um, I will very rarely have my phone in my hand. It'll be only when somebody needs to phone me and get in contact with me that I will have it. Um, But make that clear to people. Also, see if you're doing what I'm doing. Make it clear, right, today if you need to get hold of me, you can. Um, If you want to send me something, want to talk to me about something, wait till tomorrow. Or wait till the next day. Um, Because, you know, you don't want to lose that contact with people. Um I would encourage it to any anyone just stop it. Put it in another room where you can hear the um text messages going off or the phone going off. That's that I think has been really important for me to kinda go, right, okay, I fair enough. And and when you're in company switch the damn Thing off if you can, or switch it to silent. Don't look at it. Do your best not to put your pockets and hands in your pockets and go. Right, I need to look at my phone. Which is what I'm going to actively try and do. Um, I know this is a gaming podcast, but I think a lot of us in the gaming community probably are like that. Probably do you know do that kind of thing. Um, So that's my sermon for the day I think. Um what else I was gonna talk about is your pile of shame. Now I know a lot of people call it a pile of shame. That's why I use the term. Um, it's the pile of unpainted figures you may have. Um My idea for the next couple of years is to paint as much of my my unpainted stuff as I possibly can. And I have a plan and I think that is an important thing to do once you get to yourself to the point where, right I've got so much stuff to paint I don't really need anything else but I want all of this stuff um, it isn't a need, this is the thing you do not ever need to have the figures you want to have the figures it's, an add- it's as much an addiction as anything for many of us um, but What you need to get your mind... This is the mindset I've got myself into. If I want anything new, I have to paint a lot of figures before I can buy it. I'm painting an entire Napoleonic army because I need to get it finished before my birthday. Because I want to get infinity figures. Um, And I want... It's not a need. I want... um, I want an infinity army. Because I enjoy the game. And I enjoy the RPG. Or I've enjoyed it thus far. Learning about it. So, I want an army... I need to paint another army. I need to paint a big army in order to get what I want. Um, That is important. Have a plan. If you're just starting out, don't overbuy. I cannot say this enough. I've said it a number of times. Do not overbuy. (laughs) Have a plan when you're going in and buy your army. Right. This is two and a half thousand points. Um, Say it's 40k. So this is two and a half thousand points. I might want to have another thousand points, levy, of things, to have a bit of, um, balance or a bit, bit of variance. Um, so I can buy that right now, but buy it, um, and paint it before you buy anything else. Buy it and paint it. Before you build them, but it's it's the simple thing to say. I know, but buy it, build it, paint it. Then go out, buy more, build it, paint it. Go out, buy more, build, buy it, build it, paint it. That's that's the easiest um, plan to have is buy, build, paint. Then buy, build, paint. That's the smart way to go about it. If you're in the same position as me. Where you have lots of stuff that has started painted or lots of stuff that still needs Um have a plan. Have a right, I am going to paint this, and then I'm going to paint this, and then I'm going to paint this. this. This, 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 this. I have a year planned, and I'm going to um, paint my Napoleonics, finish painting my Massive Darkness, um, paint some corner and stuff, not all of it, because quite a bit of it. Um, at least the massive darkness stuff is mostly started. You know, there's base coats on pretty much there's base coats on parts of everything. Skin's pretty much done on most of the stuff on that. Um so, you know, paint some more corner and stuff, um paint some space wolves, um well repaint some space wolves, finish off my Necromunda stuff, um my Necromunda Goliath. Um what else? Same half the year there is a list somewhere I've got it written down um, um, finish off say Black Plague that is mostly started um, but you know a lot of it is finish off or strip and repaint or do this do that um, none of it is really go out and buy a new army and paint it but The Infinity thing is um, it will be painted as a buy it Um, because what I'll have is I'll have the other projects at the side of that. Um, Oh, the end of this year. um, Obviously the Conquest subscription I think ends in December. It might be January next year. But obviously I've already started painting it to do tutorials and what have you but um, the rest it is getting put in a box and will get painted when it's time to paint it basically um, because um, I obviously am painting the vast majority of the space mini army obviously Captain Cal or Captain I keep on calling Captain Lieutenant Calcius is, is getting raffled off soon um, which I will talk about in a bit and um, you've got, you know, that whole, arm, that whole space when you're to get painted, and it'll need to get painted and then raffled off, um, that's, all, all the stuff that's getting painted and raffled off is in there, it's not personal painting, um, whereas, you know, all this stuff that I'm talking about is personal painting it's not including commissions and I, I know there's every chance that I don't get all of this done, but it's been a plan I'm going to get as much of it done as I can I'm going to work as much as I can on it um, obviously new job. if I get a new job, when I get a new job no, if I forget a new job, when I get a new job um, that time's going to get cut down, because obviously I've got to spend time with Fiona and, and Zach and everyone else and um, get my gaming in and all this, that kind of stuff so you know, I'm going to be limited by the amount of time you get to paint um, but right now it's quite limited as well so you know got to look at situations that we're all in and have plans don't just buy shitloads of stuff and not paint it buy shit loads of stuff put it in a cupboard um, when you're not playing it um, I think it's important I a lot of people have been saying oh, I don't pay play against unpainted it's like well you're not going to get a game of me then There's loads of my ships unpainted um, but yeah try your best when you're starting out to not be in the position that I'm in and lots of other people are in but if you are in that position make a plan and stick to it as best you can right Um, So, as I was talking there about the Lieutenant Calcius um, at this moment in time, uh, I'm not sure. I think we've still got a week left for the raffle. Um, I'm recording this um, in the past, um, so it should be the... Should be the 11th of Je- uh, February that uh, this is being released. So, should still have about a week left in the Calcius um, raffle. If not, it'll be... US, yes, or well, no. Yeah, the It'll be the Napoleon Onyx. Um, they might actually be finished by now. Um, depends on how much time I actually get to paint them. Um, but... Um, It'll be either Captain Calcius or Captain Lieutenant Calcius or the Napoleonic um, little diorama that I'm putting together. Um, so, how you enter is you go to it's, the link is on my um, website, my uh, yogi dave's hobby dot um, It's the link to my coffee account. Buy me a coffee, leave your email. I will enter you into the raffle. Simple as that. Absolutely the simplest thing you could possibly do. £3 buys you me a coffee, puts it into the fund, and you get entered into the raffle. Whatever raffle it is, you get entered into it. Simple as that. Um, if you would like to support me anyway, without getting entered into the raffle, coffee account. Um, or email me at um, yogadaveshobbycorner at gmail.com and I can give you a PayPal account if you want to just you know, support me for, for, without having part of the raffle or uh, email me at at yahoo.co.uk for um, details about commissions um, that's my professional account, that's not my podcast or my um, YouTube account so it's not really a professional account. It's my personal account. But it's the one I take commissions on. Um, If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends. Um, Make a comment. Like it on whatever your um, medium you're watching it, listening to it, whatever. Um, Also... I have a YouTube channel, if you don't already know, it's Your Dave's Hobby Corner, um, I have unboxings, I have games being played, I have intros to games, loads of different stuff that is game related, um, so check that out, um, and like, share, subscribe if you enjoy, on that too, um, and that's me for the day, I'm going to say good day, happy hobby.